Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Heat Conversation. I'm your host, Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft, and I am joined, as always, by Brianna Wu, Democratic Candidate for Congress, and uh, Simone de Rochefort, uh, video producer at Polygon.com, could not join us today, although you might hear her a little bit later on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, knock on wood, if everything goes right, you will hear from Simone later on the podcast. But this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, Hover, and Direct Mail. Now, Brianna and I are not in San Jose. Oh, it's killing me. It's Christina. killing me as well. It's it's killing me as well. So It, it sucks. The Relay five-year anniversary party is tonight, and I'm a freaking Boston. I know. And I'm, I'm in, I'm in Seattle. I'm so close yet so far. Um, so this week is of course, WWDC, um, Apple's worldwide developer conference. And so we're going to go over a bunch of the big dev news that was announced as well as the Mac pro. It is real. Woo. It is fabulous. It, the cheese grater is back. It is also <laughs> super expensive. Like this is for pros. Let's let's start with the Mac Pro. I, I just okay, want to dive okay. right well, in. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll dive yeah. right in. Okay, so we're going to talk about WWC Mac Pro. We're also going to talk about some uh, some stuff happening with YouTube that we don't want to talk about, but have been oh. forced to talk about because it won't go away. And oh. um, then we're going to wrap it up with some really good smelling dessert. <laughs> All right. So John Syracuse on Cloud Nine this week. Yeah, the Mac Pro finally came out. It's wild. Or, or it's announced. It'll be out this fall. It'll it'll, it'll yes. be out this fall. Yeah, but it was it was officially shown off. Apple spent like forty five minutes on it. Like it it got the the, the center <laughs> treatment right. Like yeah. the keynote opens. They they give like uh, TVOS. They're like, oh yeah, this is still a thing. Talk a little bit about watchOS. They spend some time on on you know um, the the iOS stuff, but then they dedicated like almost an hour to the Mac Pro. Um, I'm I'm stoked. I will never own this computer unless uh, I am able to like have a Patreon or something where people want to <laughs> want to get me one uh, because it, it's just it's too it is not priced for me, but. It looks amazing. In addition to the Mac Pro, um, it, there's also a, uh, a Pro Display XDR. That so Apple is actually making a it, it displays again, um, uh, albeit for a lot of money. Um, so a, it was a lot little, of money. A, yeah. So 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 let's let's get into this, Bree. Um, what are kind of your thoughts on the Mac Pro? Okay, uh, we promise you won't hate me if I say this. That's fine. I think it's so ugly. It's really? the ugliest computer Apple has ever shipped. I I think my old like 2009 Mac Pro looks better. I know it has nothing to do with how it runs, but I just every it, time is I it, see it, it, I cringe. Is, is, is it just yeah. that the grates are bigger? Because honestly, you mentioned your 2009 Mac Pro, and and for for listeners who might not be familiar, the current Mac Pro, which came out in 2013, looked like a trash can and was kind right. of like uh, elevated, sold on this this really innovative design. But before that, the the Mac Pro, and before that, it was the 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 uh, Power uh, PC like G5 had um, kind of like a a, a tower, um, you know, kind of mid sized tower, and it had like a cheese grater kind of cover this looks right. very similar to that albeit the the holes are larger 
much larger. And it just, I, I don't know, it's not adorned in the same way. I Look, you don't buy a Mac Pro because of how it looks, right? It lives under a desk. Like, you take it apart, you vacuum out all the dust every now and then. Uh, you know, this is a, a computer primarily about the Afterburner card, which is going to let you run three separate things of 8K streaming, which is amazing. And most importantly, those nice, juicy, gigantic PCIe uh, slots uh, in the back of it, which will let you throw in graphics cards, all these kinds of things to expand it. Uh, like if I was still doing game development, I would 100% buy one. It's just yeah. I'm running for Congress instead. Right, so. right. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, this is absolutely, this is a machine that is, that when Apple says it's for pros, it is for pros. So oh, just, yeah. just to give people kind of a rundown, well, but like that, this is very much for pros. Like it's, it starts at $6,000 just for the the low level model and frankly like although i think that the cpu and i think that some of the the features on the motherboard are probably worth that the one thing i am going to kind of like call them out on is that the gpus that that base level level comes with are the radeon pro 580x and that's that seems that yeah. doesn't seem great like to, to, to put that in perspective, the the next model up will be the Radeon Pro Vega Two, which so you go from eight gigabytes of 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 memory for on on the five eighty X to thirty to sixteen gigabytes of memory or no excuse me thirty two gigabytes of memory for one GPU on the Vega Two or sixty four uh, gigabytes of RAM on uh, if you get two of them. You can also go all the way up to the the Pro Vega Two Duo, which uh, is is to uh, 64 gigabytes uh, of RAM per card. So right. it, it's, but, but I mean, anyway, I'm just saying that I, I think that that base bloodable graphic card is not, I think that's kind of, for the price, I think that's kind of ridiculous. But everything I mean, else about this looks amazing. There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of three D applications, particularly that are not going to uh, really be affected by the graphics card. Uh, like for instance, if you're doing professional animation, a lot of the time you're going to be operating what we call gray mode, uh, which is textures, normals, all that stuff turned off. It doesn't really take a high powerful, uh, a very powerful computer sure. to do that animation. So when you're putting out renders. That is CPU driven. So I think, like from what I've seen, the the configurability that they're going for with this, I think most people are gonna like design it around their needs. Like yeah. people that do more rendering are gonna need more processors. People that do more, you know, graphically oriented stuff like ZBrush, like shoving as many graphic cards in right. there. Right, or, or if you're yeah. doing a lot of motion after effects, DaVinci yeah. uh, resolve. Um uh yeah. Nuke. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, um uh uh whatchamacallit, uh, what's, what, I can't think of a CAD program. What's the big CAD program? Uh, AutoCAD. Thank you. Yes. AutoCAD. Fusion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, I mean, th th this thing is really powerful. It can go all the way up. So the, the base model is eight cores and we don't, we know that that model will be uh, $6,000. We don't know how much the highest end model will be, although there are a lot of guesses, but it, it is 28 cores and can take up to 1.5 terabytes of RAM. Which that's, is insane. Astonishing. Like, 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 it like, makes a lot of sense for a render farm. Oh, right? completely. Well, no, I mean that's the thing. When you look at this thing, what's actually interesting about this machine, you know, Bree's not a fan of the design, but as she said, it's going to be under people's desks. But it might not just be under people's desks. There are configurations you can get that will go in a rack. Yep. And and that's really interesting because Apple used to make a product called the XServe, which yep. <laughs> uh, was like their you know server class you know uh, uh, Macs, and they stopped making those. I don't know, probably. 
eight or nine years ago, and and the the Mac Mini um, server and and uh, the I guess kind of the current Mac Mini kind of took over that place. There have been a lot of companies that will actually. Um, you know, have custom uh, rack mountains uh, that will take Mac minis and people will use them in that way. But this is the first time we've seen like a proper Mac that's been designed for, you know, uh, the server room um, in a real, or at least as an option in a really long time. And so as you say, like if you're doing a render farm, like this is, this is ideal. Um, it is, uh, it, it's extensible. Like, like I'll get out. You mentioned the PCI Express uh, stuff. There's the afterburner, um, uh, you know, uh, expansion card that you can get uh, optional that you can get with it, which will let you do three 8K streams at once. It also has a ridiculous amount of um, uh, Thunderbolt 3 um, ports and, um, you know, other extensible options for people to just add in more drives and and more peripherals. So it's, um, this is impressive. I mean, this is, this is a, What's it's funny because the criticism I've seen is mostly from people who are like you and I who are like enthusiasts but don't like have a reason to buy this and are right. mad that it costs what it costs. And I'm like, I mean, I get it. I want one too. I'm not going to spend minimum $8,000 on a computer. I'm just not. I, I, I don't. I think there are a lot of people out there that want a mid-range configurable Mac in you know 2019, and I it's think it's not going to happen. I I, I I I agree it's not going to happen, but I don't think they're I don't think they're wrong to to want that. I and, don't think they're wrong yeah. to want that. Although I will say I think that that audience is completely oversampled on on Twitter and forums. Like I believe that we have the people that we communicate with. That audience is completely oversampled. Like we see a lot of people saying that stuff. I think that if you look at the actual market size of the people who would really want a you know um a you know expandable like mid range Mac, I I actually don't think it's as big as you would think because most people have laptops right like the iMac Pro, um even the iMac like those aren't that common most people get laptops whether it's it's you know Mac or PC so um, I would throw my iMac in the garbage right now if I could get a mid tier uh, like configurable uh, you know Mac absolutely I, mean, I, I would, would too I mean, yeah. well I, I yeah. don't know well I would think about it it would depend on on how much a, a display that matches my iMac display would cost to be totally honest <laughs> Um, well, you got a really good one. I just got the base cheap model. So, um, but, but speaking of displays, this yeah, is the other thing yeah. Apple announced. So this is actually really incredible. This price, there's one part of this price that I have an issue with, but most of it I don't. So they have this new um, display. They are getting back into the display business. The Pro Display XDR. It is a 31-inch 6K um, display. Um, it starts at uh, five, uh, yeah, $5,000. Um, it's... Um, uh, up to 1600 nits of brightness, um, a thousand, a million to one contrast ratio. They claim that it'll, that it's consistently will be lit at a thousand nits, which is ridiculous. It's HDR, but they say that it's actually more extreme than that. They're calling it, um, like one level before, ultra, uh, ultra. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, you know, they, it's a 10 bit, uh, color depth. It's, it's been, you know, P3, um, color gamut. Um, it, it, it's led, but they claim it's actually better than OLED. Um, my friends who have seen it, who are who were in San Jose and, and were able to look at it, who are like monitor aficionados, say that it's just amazingly beautiful. Um, this thing is ridiculous. It is it's a 218 PPI uh, a 6K display, so you have a, a 40% more real estate than a 5K display. It like I said, it's 31 inches. It is it is wow. There's there's a lot of processing power, I believe, in the display itself. 
Um, and then it has that same design that Brie hates, um, which, uh, which <laughs> Actually, looks great. I like it on the back of the monitor. I think okay. it looks pretty cool. Yeah. The one thing with this is, as I said, this, this starts with, and you can connect this with other Macs. Like they claim that you can connect this. They show a 15 inch MacBook uh, Pro, but I'm assuming that this would, you could connect this to an iMac Pro or uh, a 5K iMac. And how about uh, like a thousand dollar MacBook Air and then you roll uh, in the six thousand dollar display for yeah, it? Yeah. That I'm, I, <laughs> I, I I put in a I put in a request to find out about that. I I haven't heard anything back because I'd be curious about that, right? Like part of me thinks there's no way that the Mac, MacBook Air would be able to drive the 6K pixels, but I right. would wonder because but you can connect that to like a 4K or a 5K display, so I'd wonder if it would if it would work, um, but just not at its highest resolution. I have no idea. Um, the one thing I will say that I that is ridiculous about this is that. Um, so the, the display itself is, is $5,000. If you get the standard glass it's 6,000, if you get their nano textured glass, <laughs> but then they sell the pro stand and the vase amount, uh, separately. And so the standard vase amount is like, you know, um, like, like, uh, $200. Now that I can kind of understand it's, it's a lot of people have them. Apple usually charges like an extra amount. Fine. Here's where, here's where I'm going to be like, <laughs> yo, cause, cause, cause the thing yep. is, for display seems insane, but if you look at the types of displays this is going up against, you're genuinely looking at like the the $12,000 to $14,000 range um, minimum. Like these types of displays just don't exist. And um, so that that I'm fine with. What I'm not fine with is that if you want to get a stand, the pro stand, so that you can (laughs) move it up and down, and if you want to change the orientation from landscape to portrait, that's $1,000. Yeah, it's not a good look for Apple. It's just not. I mean, you know, it's like one of the coolest pictures from WWDC are people standing around just taking a picture of the stand. Of the, the, the stand, because they're like, it's $1,000. Yeah. Well, did you watch during the <laughs> keynote when they mentioned the price? The audience went from kind of clapping to like, ooh, like there was like an audible, <laughs> there was like an audible gasp and like not okay. Like when they said that the stand was $1,000 and the guy who was giving the presentation who did a really good job, he was almost like, like taken, he was like, you know, flustered a little bit. Um, I mean, it is expensive for the stand to be that. Like, I don't know, my opinion, just if you're gonna charge that much for it, just build that into the price. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then and then if somebody calls you, you know, if you're doing a, a a big like sale, like like commercial sale or whatever, then you tell them, oh, well, we'll give it to you without the pro stand, it'll be cheaper, right? <laughs> like, but 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 yeah. but I feel I feel like you know, nobody was really that mad about the price of the monitor. Um, I mean, I was just because at first I was like, oh, well, I can't afford the, the the computer, but I could I could absolutely afford the monitor. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, <laughs> no I, I, I can't afford any of this. Um, but see, this is where I, I, I am frustrated, Christina. Uh, I have two 27-inch uh, Apple cinema displays. It's the one before yeah. the Thunderbolt uh, right. protocol. We use them in my office all the time. And right now for members of my congressional team to use them with their Macs, uh, we have to have a $300 external box to help it like hook through uh, uh, USB-C. It comes Mm -hmm. from OWC. It's a great piece of technology. I love these Apple displays. You know, uh, like this is the podcast where like you own loving rose gold headphones that match your, uh, match your phone. I like having an Apple branded display. It's not logical. I would just really feel weird about having all this great Apple equipment and then having, 
you know, a podunk Dell monitor, like right there on my desk. It's like, why have all this beauty if the thing I'm staring at all the time is terrible? And I just, I understand, I have no issue with this particular monitor costing $6,000. There was a great Twitter thread from somebody that runs a render farm for like Marvel movies. Right. And he's talking about the, like, if you don't understand like these different protocols for looking at color gradation, this is not for you. Right. I didn't know what they were, so this is not for me. But I do think there's a market out there for a decent Apple, like, retina monitor that I could use as an accessory for no, my MacBook, right? I 1,000% agree. And and I think that it's a shame that they, you know, basically let LG take over the, the 4K and 5K displays. And those have not had good reviews. Even on Apple's own website, there have been firmware issues. There have been other challenges. Um I think, though, I, I, I'm just I'm just guessing here. I have no insight into this. I have to imagine that at a certain point, the panels that they were getting, you know, were becoming commoditized. Like the actual panel that they were using for the non 5K 27 inch, so the same panel that you've got on on your displays, which was the same um, panel in, in like the the original 27 inch um, iMac. At one point, those were really really expensive, and then you started to see other companies Dell source them, um, even like Monoprice. There were a bunch of Chinese companies who would source those panels. Now they wouldn't always maybe be the same quality. Maybe they wouldn't be calibrated the same way. There might be some other differences, but it got to the point those were were fairly inexpensive, and it kind of became a commodity product. And I don't know how much it was worth it for them to look at saying, okay, how many of these are we selling? What's our margin going to be versus, you know, people who like their whole business who are competing with us to get the exact same components, you know, um, you know, how how much are we going to have to pay to get these yields? And is it worth it? I don't know. I, but I'm with you. Like I would, if if Apple's not going to make a a first party display, I wish that the displays they do sell, um, you know, on their website would be, the LG ones would be better. Um, but I mean, look, we never know. I mean, never say never. I didn't, I didn't think we'd ever see an Apple display again. If, if this, you know, Pro Display XDR is successful in a few years, which obviously is not, you know, in time for you, but like in a few years, maybe that's just the sort of technology that will be able to come down to more consumer friendly. I don't know. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe this is how Apple rolls. They put out the really high-end version, then it trickles on down. So, you know, I do you remember when uh, they first put out a Retina display on a Mac? It was yeah. just in the 15-inch MacBook. Today. Exactly. You can get it in there, you it's know. everything. Pretty, it literally yeah. everything. Everything they sell except for the old, old, you know, MacBook Air um, is uh, is Retina. So, yeah, I, I think that, that, that that's a good point. And I think, too, you know, what we're starting to see is uh, other display makers not necessarily like might not have the same beauty as an Apple one, but I've I've had some success. I've been playing around with various uh, USB-C and Thunderbolt three monitors, and I found some good ones that are uh, you know low priced and and are still still work really well with a Mac. So you know I think um, it's just finding like. It, it used to be easy, right? You would go to the Apple store, you'd buy the Thunderbolt display or you'd buy the uh, whatever the, the model was before Thunderbolt. The, the light um, wasn't lightning. What, what was it? Uh, whatever the model is that you have. Like you just, yeah, you'd buy yeah. that, right? And Apple now- Apple Center LED display. Yeah. Right. And, and now, you know, we don't have that. So 
So uh, before we move on to the rest of uh, WWDC, I, I do want to touch on something that I've not seen any analysts talk about with the return of the Mac Pro, and it really, it it frankly baffles me, Christina. Uh, so when I got my new iMac, I decided to uh, download the trial version of the very newest version of Maya. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is like the 3D professional software that I used, and. I got to be really honest with you. I was stunned with how little had changed uh, with the program. The version of Maya I use, uh, developed, like, learn 3D on, still use, own, because it's not a crappy cloud product, is Maya 2011 on Mac. So I downloaded the new version of it, and I was really shocked at how few things had changed, uh, like doing renders, mm-hmm. uh, like offloading it. It was very poor at utilizing all my cores. Hypershader was still very buggy. And even if you're not a 3D nerd, my message here is Apple has ignored the pro market for so long that for me at first blush, uh, Maya, which is one of like three really high tier 3D programs on Mac, uh, just isn't really very fully featured. Yeah. Is is it more featured on PC? Like, does Autodesk? Oh, absolutely. Do- okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And this is, and I want to really be clear here. Uh, you know, me sitting here trying to open up old files, do some renders, do some stuff. Maybe there are workarounds in 2019 that if I dug deeper, I would find it. But first blush, it certainly was not. Like, I can absolutely say, Stock Maya was not utilizing all my cores out of the box very yeah. well. No, I mean, so there's yeah, there's my message is there's going to be a, a distance between these kinds of pro apps. Just because you have a machine for it doesn't mean the the software is currently yeah, no, there I, for it. N- no, I think that's probably true. Although what was really interesting, I actually did think was that they had the names of the companies who whose like logos they put up as saying that their apps were going to be. Um, you know, already kind of configured to take advantage of the stuff they had. I don't know if Autodesk's name was up there, but but um, uh, Blackmagic was up there. Avid was up there. Adobe was up there. Um, right. And so that that to me is at least because you're exactly right. I mean, this is this is a problem when you have, uh, you know, uh, when you kind of ignore the market for a while, is that your software vendors aren't going to be taking advantage of all of your features. And we even saw that. Some with the iMac Pro, where you know DaVinci Resolve and Premiere Pro wouldn't take advantage of some of the the features of the iMac Pro versus uh, actually Maya is on their list. Um, uh, Autodesk Maya is on their list for um, uh, I guess things that have been optimized for. They have um, Autodesk Maya, Logic Pro uh, Ten, and Photoshop CC are all listed. So, but but this was an issue, I guess. You know, with the the iMac Pro is. At first, at least, it wasn't. Um, it seems like this time they've they've gone to those companies and said, "This is what we're doing. We're going to need you to, or we need to work together so that that you'll be on board." So, hopefully, right. and, and I mean, if any luck, I mean, hopefully that'll like actually trickle down to to every Mac user, right? Like, of course, but you know, them putting. Maya on a slide at WWDC, that's a far cry from, you know, enough people actively using Maya on Without a, Mac a in 2019 to make that workflow tenable. No, um, you're, you're, you're 1000% correct. I'm just saying I'm impressed they even have that there because that, that oh, hasn't absolutely. been, that, that hasn't been the case. Right. So, I mean, I think, I think yeah. you make a really good point, but this is one of those things where 
what excites me about this is this is really a pro machine and this does seem like everybody I've talked to in like the visual effects space and like the, the video space where this is very clearly aimed, this is like their dream machine. And so, yeah. um, you know, now it's just, I think, up to, to Apple to deliver and then we'll see what happens on the software fronts. I couldn't agree more. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. So Squarespace, which uh, I have used for past podcasts and I've used for other things, will help you uh, easily create a website for your next idea. So maybe your next idea is you want to start like a, a non-Patreon, non-Kickstarter. Non you want to have one that's like, you know, homegrown to uh, to buy Christina a Mac Pro, <laughs> and a Pro Display XDR. So you can have a unique domain name and then use award-winning templates and more to create your online store or a portfolio or a blog or, you know, something that says basically says, please give me money so I can afford this $12,000 computer. Uh, and then you can use Squarespace for that. So there is nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. There are no upgrades needed. You don't even have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has it covered. And they also have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. So if you want to say buy Christina a MacPro.com, uh, that is an option. And all of those award-winning templates that are beautifully designed to show off your great ideas are available too. And uh, uh, I know Simone, she loves to spend time on her Squarespace uh, blog and, and make it beautiful. Uh, I still, uh, for a podcast I haven't done in a couple of years, I used to have a bachelor podcast. I still have a Squarespace, uh, Squarespace account for that. And it's super easy to set up, whether podcasts are a great thing you can do with it too, to embed audio clips or video or whatever you want. Um, it's a really, really great platform. Um, and Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you do decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for Rocket. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Awesome. So maybe we should just, I mean, I feel like we're, we, we have barely touched WWDC. Why don't we talk about YouTube another time and just okay. concentrate on WWDC? Sounds good to me. Um, uh, TLDR, YouTube has made choices. And, choices and yeah. and everyone's mad at them now because of those choices. Yep. So yep. everyone's miserable and bad content is still around. But all right, so we spent a long time talking about the Mac Pro and we're not even ATP. But there was a lot of other stuff <laughs> at WWDC. So um, so how do you feel about like iMac uh, iPad apps uh, being uh, adapted for the Mac? To me, okay. that's the other really big news. That's the really big news. So um, there, it was kind of known as Marzipan was what it was known as before. Now it's going to be known as uh, Catalyst. And basically, the idea is that you can easily kind of compile and Xcode your Mac apps, um, or excuse me, your iPad apps for the Mac. And I think, you know. It's interesting. I think that if it works the way that they're saying it will, it potentially means that we will be getting more Mac apps, uh, which will definitely be a good thing. Um, for instance, they, they mentioned Twitter, which is a company that famously got rid of its Mac app, and they're saying, hey, we were able to bring our iOS app over at the same time. When you look at the, the app um, in the images that they have, it doesn't necessarily look that 
native Mac-like, if I'm being totally candid. So I don't yeah. know how good that's going to be. But I think that this is this is good. Like, this is the sort of idea where there have been some really, really good iPad apps that haven't been available on the Mac and we'll bring those things over. They showed off, uh, you know, um, uh, TripIt, which is a, a great example. Um, Asphalt 9, so you could even do some games. Jira, which is, you know, kind of a, a project <laughs> management service. Um, so Sorry, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, it's I mean, just if you're asking developers, like, what do you want? Jira. Like, I don't no, you're not wrong. But I mean, well, say that. well, that's kind of the interesting thing, right? When I look at like the list of the apps that they show off, they show off DC Universe, so like a comic app. They show off Twitter. They show off TripIt. They show off some Fender app, which basically has like chords. They show up Asphalt 9 and they show off Jira. With the exception of Asphalt 9, all of these apps could just be progressive web apps that yeah. you could bring over in Electron or React Native or um, you know anything else. There's, there's. I'm not necessarily convinced that by porting the iPad version over, that's necessarily going to offer a better experience um, than than what those other solutions would be. If I'm being totally honest, I don't know. What, yeah. What's your thought? Yeah, well, it's pretty much the same. Uh, I didn't talk about it publicly, but I was kind of holding my breath uh, before this WWDC. I'm like, is this going to be the year that we move away from Intel to our Macs? I mean, you know, uh, this was a because of all the lead up to it, I, right. I didn't think there was a strong chance, but I didn't think it was impossible. Uh, and because they didn't, that kind of takes this from being like a really important thing to kind of uh, just an interesting tool in the toolbox in the toolbox for a developer. But it's important to remember, like they brought out, um, you know, they brought out the changes to interface builder and, you know, scalable apps for multiple size screens, uh, you know, kind of changing all of that. And then didn't bring out like the, you know, the carnival of different uh, iPhone sizes until a few years later. So, you know, Apple tends to like queue something up in their development tools and then they start working on it. So they have a plan when they get there, right. I I do believe our Macs are eventually going to happen. Oh, without a doubt. Mac, yeah. So uh, the the Mac Pro will still be uh, Intel probably, but yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, I don't think it's particularly sexy technology. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm interested to look at like what performance is because a lot of people are really like the the popular thing to do amongst you know people who call themselves real and I'm putting that in quotation marks like <laughs> Mac people is 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 to hate on Electron. Now, look, I think that a lot of Electron apps are poorly coded and you know have too much overhead and and use too much memory. But I also think there are very very good Electron apps. Uh, one of the best ones being Visual Studio Code, which strict disclosure, uh, my employer makes and many of my friends work on, but. That's legit the best text editor I think that exists right now, and it is an Electron app, and it is a very, very good app. And I, and I think in many ways, you know, um, it has a lot of advantages over the the native, um, uh, uh, native quote unquote native uh, Mac app solutions for uh, for for text editing and, and for 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 coding. Um, so I'm, but I'm interested to see, I guess, the performance differences between using Catalyst and um, using a solution like that or using a solution like React Native or using a progressive web app. Because if you could make the argument that it's going to be a better, you know, it's going to be more memory, um, uh, you know, uh, optimized and it's going to, you know, uh, run smoother um, and, and maybe be able to do more, more, you know, processes at once or whatever, then that I think you could make that argument that it's a good thing. But if it's if it's got the same kind of trade-offs that you usually have with these pro- cross-platform solutions, then I, I kind of, 
I feel like you, I'm almost like, I think this is setting us up for the ARM Mac era um, in a lot of ways. Um, And it's interesting. So this is going to be part of Mac OS uh, Catalina. That's the next version of of Mac OS. And that's really kind of the big standout feature, although they're making some other changes too. Like they are, you know, this is going to be the first version of of Mac OS that that completely does not support 32-bit apps. So there are some apps that are still out there that people will not be able to use. Um, there are going to be some other um, features on it, like um, in addition to bringing your iPad apps to the Mac, they have a feature called Sidecar where you can actually show. I was pumped about this. Yeah, this, this is, is awesome. Cool. So this yeah. is basically um, there. there are, uh, uh, there's Luna Display. There's Duet. There are a couple of uh, third-party apps that do something similar, but this basically lets you use your iPad as a second display. And yeah. so that's really cool. Um, and, and you can also use the Apple Pencil with it. So. It's kind of like a poor man's um, uh, Wacom. Uh, what, what's the what, what's Wacom's uh, uh, expensive? Uh, not the Intuos, the uh, Cintiq. Cintiq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is basically yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I am so personally psyched for this because one of the things we do when we do call time is uh, Brandon, my finance director. He has his version, his side of the table, and he's got NGP Van up over there. And now we have the most hacky horrible solutions so we can both look at the same record as we're doing call time. And now I can just mirror it to my iPad Pro, my old, uh, like, gigantic one, like, first-gen iPad Pro, and finally it will do something useful besides live in a drawer. I'm so psyched about this feature. No, totally. No, I think it's great. I think that's really exciting. And, uh, and it kind of gives us touch capabilities on the Mac, which again, like, (laughs) you know, Apple has kind of been resisting, but yet at a certain point you're like, oh, well now you can't touch your Mac screen, but you can touch your iPad screen, which is your Mac screen. You can use uh, a stylus with it. Okay, cool. Um, and so, the reverse is true, where you can use a mouse with iPad yeah, OS now. I was, I oh was gonna say, I was going to say, yeah. in a lot of ways, I feel like iPad OS, which is what they're now calling the iOS 13, they're specifically kind of separating iPad OS and, and iOS for 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 phones and uh, I suppose iPod touches. Um, in a lot of ways, iPad OS, which looks really great, and Mac OS Catalina, to me seem almost like 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 mirrors, right? Like they are really getting close to one another. It's getting to the point where already people have been kind of like, okay, how do how do we tell the difference? Like, should I buy an iPad or should I buy a Mac? Because they cost about the same um, and they have similar features. And with the features that are coming to iPad OS, and also the features that are coming to Mac OS, they're becoming even more similar, right? So iPad OS is getting, like you said, um, as an accessibility feature, you'll be able to use a, a mouse with it. It won't be a standard thing. It'll be something you have to enable, but that that's coming. Um, it also is getting um, like uh, the ability to um, connect a, a USB uh, drive and view it <laughs> in um, the the iCloud and and to import things directly from um, you know external drives in third-party apps. Uh, there is also, you know, support for multiple windows and you can have drag and drop and you can have, you know, windows which will be layered more like the traditional kind of Mac OS. Um, there's also, uh, you know, support for, for system-wide fonts, which is a big deal. Like there are the the desktop, uh, oh, excuse me, the web browser Safari is going to be desktop class and, and I've uh, been running it on... Um, very poorly, I might add, because it's a very, very early developer beta on one of my old iPad Pros. And you didn't. You I did. didn't. 
I did. Oh, Christina. Well, okay. I mean, well, it's not. But it's you not, have it's, you have a like modern iPad Pro. So yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. That yeah. that one I've left alone, right? No, the one right. I, the one I, I I bastardized was the it was my 2016 <laughs> one, which frankly I didn't even know where it was. So you know why not just just put beta software on it that runs really really badly um, because it's so, a beta. So can we talk about the the mouse thing with the iPad Pro a little bit more? So yeah. I want to be really honest. I think like if you look at the 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 screenshots of this, I haven't tried it yet, but it looks exactly like it does on uh, like if you're developing uh, you know like in Xcode and you're doing the uh, the simulator. That's the exactly what it simulator. looks like. Yeah, with this giant fat touch yep. cursor that's huge and ugly. So I get that they're doing this an accessibility thing, but I really think that most people would understand at this point if like Apple put out a keyboard for the iPad Pro, they just embraced this. They said, we're going with this. They put a, a touchpad that was there. Uh-huh. Because when you're writing... I agree with I'm you. I'm sorry. I, I would never bring... I don't think I would ever buy another Mac, uh, like a portable Mac, uh, if my iPad Pro had a way to use a mouse and a cursor while I was writing emails. It's just never going to be as good, right? No, I 1,000% agree with you. And... and uh yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Because, yeah, I mean, for so many years, it's like they were so afraid to bring the mouse support. Oh, well, people won't know what to do, and we want people to touch. It's like, people are going to touch. Like, that's what right. it's for. But that doesn't, you know, people know how, you know, a mouse cursor is not going to freak anybody out if it's in a certain context. Like, it's it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, it, It's really, it, it's interesting. Um but yeah, I, I did hook it up, but the the beta that exists right now, which is really rough, it runs so poorly that I, I mean, I saw like you know I got to pull it up and saw that it worked, but it's it's uh, not great shape how at did, least on that hardware. How did you connect a, a, a mouse to it with a lightning port? That's that's awesome. Oh no, I use Bluetooth. Oh, a Bluetooth mouse. Yeah, yeah. that would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, I'd love to do this on my real iPad. But then it's like, where do I find a mouse that connects with USB-C? But yeah, Bluetooth, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, and, and then at that point, too, I guess I could have, because it's 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 the 9.7 inch, uh, the 2016 iPad Pro, I could have used like a lightning to lightning cable, I suppose, and connected, you know, um, <laughs> the, the magic trackpad to that. But no, I use Bluetooth. Um, so yeah, uh, but, but it's interesting, right? Because like, you get the full Safari web browser, like it is the desktop class browser, which is really interesting. There's going to be a download manager. There's all kinds of other things. Um, that excites me because it means that things like Visual Studio Code, which there's an online version that, that's going to be launching, um, will presumably be accessible. They called out actually Squarespace and they called out Medium and WordPress and things like that and said you can use those in the browser on the iPad, which... You know, it's kind of stunning that for this many years that the iPad has been out, you haven't really been able to do that. And so I think that's really exciting. Um, there's also a new dark mode that the dark mode is also available for uh, uh, iOS 13. And, uh, and it looks really good. Um, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on iOS 13 separate from, from the iPad stuff? I mean, everything I saw looked great. I, I got to be honest with you, Christina. I don't get dark mode. 
Why? I, I know some people are so psyched for it. I don't understand it. I don't. Sometimes I'm using Twitter and I accidentally switch to it and I'm just like, oh, this is horrible. Help me understand. Why are people so psyched about this? I don't know. I think that it's a couple of things. I think one, it's just kind of become in vogue and like I love it on the <laughs> Mac. Um, I also yeah. love it on Windows. I love the dark stuff. At this point, this is what I joked on Twitter. I was like, the good thing about dark mode being three years late is that at this point, basically every Mac app or not Mac app, every iOS app has a dark mode anyway. Um, so one of the reasons people like it, especially in the era of OLED phones, is that it's better for battery life. Because if you're using the true blackness, the pixels aren't being lit up. And so people you know, are like, okay, well, my battery is going to be better if I'm using these backgrounds. Um, I don't know. I think it just looks cool. Uh, if I'm being totally honest, I think it's just an aesthetic thing. But yeah, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Um, I guess, how do you feel about iPad being spun off into its own uh, TV branch? Because It's time. Yeah, do you think so? I I do, I do. Because I think what happened when they've kind of been the same is that you've had people who, and we've seen this, we've talked about this before, where people will build really high-class, you know, um, iPad apps and um, either not be able to charge for them what they should or have some other issues, or you sometimes have cases where people will make the iPhone app, spend a lot of time on it, and then just use auto layout, which is fine, you know, to kind of give, you know, kind of a subpar iPad experience. I think that um, the iPad Pro was the first one where I'm like, we need a separate uh, kind of differentiated operating system because the iPad Pro, I have the 11 inch and I believe you do as well, right? Yep. Okay. So it's perfect, perfect iPad, by the way. It, it is. Never right? change it. No, oh. I love it. But my one issue, and I said this when I got it in November, um, I said my issue with it is that the hardware is amazing, the software hasn't caught up. Yeah. And, that's fair. And so I when I look at and even as janky as it is on my old iPad, when I look at what they're doing with iPad OS. And adding these other features and 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 making it really seem more like a, a desktop class operating system, frankly, that excites me because I'm like, okay, well, this this thing that I spent a thousand dollars on, more than a thousand dollars on, is going to be able to live up to its hardware potential because like the hardware is so good, it's better than than many Macs. Um, but you've been kind of hampered into this. It's still being, you, you know, the the paradigm of how the apps have worked and how multitasking has worked and other stuff has really kind of limited its use cases. And so I'm actually really excited that it's that it's uh, going to be separated, I think. I think it's a really good thing. I mean, I think, you know, we, Rocket's been on the air for a long time now. Uh, and if you go back like two years ago, we've we were critical of Apple for kind of, reaching a point where uh, they were kind of shipping things that felt half-baked, they weren't really ready to go. Uh, what I think I'd say is, you know, we saw tvOS get baked off into its own thing. You know, the Apple TV has really been improving lately, like just very strongly. And I think that is certainly benefited from like a dedicated team working on that OS all the time. So I I can see this move as like a a pro and a con, right? Like if you're if you're separating out these two things and people are trying to work back and forth with assets, is it going to make it more difficult? Probably in some development ways. But at the same time, I think people they're really focusing on the iPad I, I do. I think it will help bring those desktop class things and it it'll help them really get down and 
and develop those pro features to make it work. A really great example, when the first gen iPad Pro came out, people uh, were really criticizing the keyboard shortcuts because it doesn't have a mouse. And, you know, Apple's like, look, we're really going to build on this. We're going to increase it. We're going to make this easier to use. That kind of stagnated along yeah, the did. way. So yeah, yeah. And, and they actually showed that off during the keynote. They were showing off, you know, um, uh, all the different shortcuts and showing new undo paradigms and saying, "No, I'm just shake yep. anymore," and and showing yep. how you can, you know, have better control over text and things like that. And so, yeah, I think that that is that is a really good thing. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Hover. And if you've been thinking about building an online identity, so again, say by Christina, uh, a Mac Pro, uh, dot com <laughs> or uh, Theranos.online, which is an actual Hover domain that I bought that I'm still going to do something with, you can get started with one simple step. And that means buying a domain because every great idea starts with a great domain name, at least in my opinion. And so with Hover, you will find the domain that shows the world who you are and what you are passionate about. So we're going to go ahead and go to Hover.com, and I'm going to type in a couple of keywords and see what type of domain name they will let me know about. All right, let's see. Christina (laughs) Mac Pro. All right. Well, Christina Mac Pro, Christina Mac dot Pro is available. Ooh, by Christina A. Mac <laughs> Pro. By Christina A. Mac dot pro is available on hover.com, which I think would be a great domain name for uh for, for my Patreon that I'm definitely gonna start so that I can afford <laughs> all these new things. And um and and it, they have domain names in, in in lots of different categories, you know, uh with all kinds of different things. I could get by Christina a Mac Pro dot me, uh by Christina a Mac Pro dot IO, by Christina a Mac Pro dot space. Uh I love it. BCAP.com, which is which would be <laughs> A, a good acronym to have on top of everything else. Um, and Hover.com is super easy to, to use. Um, just uh, type in kind of the keywords you want. It'll show you what domains are available. You click on the, the buy button. It's really easy to figure out. Um, I love the sign-up experience. There are some domain registrars where it's kind of, you know, uh, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be so annoyed with all the things they're going to give me. But um, this is like a really clean interface. It's easy to manage your DNS settings, all of that stuff. And you can connect your I, domain name. I have a hover story from this Do week. you? Yeah, please tell, tell us. Really of course. So uh, you know, one of the things is when you run for Congress, you do call time and you leave a lot of phone messages. And I got so tired of saying BriannaWooForCongress.com. It just takes a long time to say. People don't know how to spell woo. So my team, we're sitting down, we go, okay, we're going to buy a, a hover forward domain Brianna 2020, because most people can spell Brianna. Uh, And uh, literally, this is what really impressed me about it. I, I clicked it. I bought it. It took me about 30 seconds. And the most amazing part is that domain name was forwarding for people all across the country that we were having testing it. Uh, within one minute. Amazing. Which just blew my mind. I mean, it really is painless. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Brianna2020.com, uh, by Christina, uh, uh, Mac Pro, <laughs> uh, uh, amac.pro, or any other thing you want, um, go to hover.com slash rocket, and you can get 10% off any domain extension for your first year. And so that includes things like .com, .io, .coffee, .ceo, 
dot online as we know with our famous Theranos story. So <laughs> thank you to Hover for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, kind of before, uh, do you have any other final kind of thoughts about uh, WWDC? Any big uh, things that were exciting for you? Yeah, uh, based on what I heard from the conference, I would not uh, invest a lot of time on learning Objective C. <laughs> yeah, not, well, yeah, well, 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 so, well our, yeah. our Swift overlords have made a big deal. Yeah, um, I don't want to spend <laughs> a lot of time on this, but this one I actually am pretty interested in. So they have they introduced a new thing called uh, Swift UI, which is basically. Um, uh, going to be a declarative um uh, it, it's a declarative framework for for writing apps and so the idea of how the typical process has been now if you want to write apps especially that target multiple device types so you're thinking like the you know the iPad the TV um the phone uh, the Mac is you have to um directly kind of say this is all of this is what I want it to do and um, you have to you know specify for each and every uh, kind of aspect of the UI how it works and it, it can it can uh, require um, a, a lot of code and so um, the the declarative uh, 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 programming model that switch uh, Swift UI is using just lets you basically tell it what you want it to do and makes it a lot easier to basically, create interfaces for multiple platforms and reuse them without having to deal with storyboards, without having to, to deal with the zibs and, and whatnot. And um, if anybody has used uh, React Native or uh, Google's Flutter, which uh, made some really big announcements at Google I.O., it's a similar idea. The one difference is obviously that this is just going to be with, with um, uh, Apple uh, uh, concepts, uh, whereas Flutter uh, and React are cross-platform. But I think it's actually really interesting. I think at this point, like this is going to be how most people are going to to kind of by default be building um, uh, certainly iOS apps, but probably even you know Mac apps. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, really exciting news. Uh, honestly, we could do another entire show on WWDC. We could really exciting. Really, we exciting. could, we uh, could, yeah. but but we have one other story, uh, and and we'll have <laughs> links in the show notes for all of that. We we have one other story, uh, and uh, that we want to get to, however, because. It wasn't all about Apple this week, and it wasn't all about the terrible things <laughs> happening at YouTube. There's also some stuff. It's time for dessert, and and this some stuff that smells just amazing. <laughs> not like dessert. Uh, no, not like dessert at all. Uh, Bree, tell us about this. <laughs> You're asking me to tell people. I, I, well, about I it. am because uh, I, okay, this is where I disclose that I might lose my job by <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> okay, I will tell people about this. Okay. Your wildest gamer fantasies came true this week. Xbox gamers, uh, people that love to game, your wildest branding dream happened. And Xbox team has has uh, teamed up with Axe Body Spray. Yep, yep. And they are putting out a, uh, a series of gamer body wash. Yep. There, there's Products. a deodorant. There's a body wash. Yep. There is a uh, uh, there's like a, a shampoo. Um, so it, it is. They are partnering with Lynx now. Lynx is the the same company behind Axe in in the United States, but it's known as Lynx in other parts of the world. And this, I believe, is, ju- is sadly just uh, uh, going to be exclusive to uh, um, Australia and New Zealand. Um, but Australian and New Zealand gamers, you can now get Xbox scented. <laughs> So this is my favorite part of it, Christina. So the ingredients in here, this is from the box story. Okay, the ingredients are pulsing green citrus, 
featuring top notes of kefir lime and winter lemon. Show me Uh anyone that plays a game that knows what the frack a winter lemon is, because I don't know. How is that different than a real lemon? Why do gamers want to smell like that? I don't know, Christina. I don't understand. Featuring top notes of kefir, lime, and winter lemon, aromatic herbal middle notes of mint (laughs) and sage, and woody bottom notes of patchouli and clearwood. Now, look. What is patchouli? uh, I don't even know what that is. Well, patchouli typically smells like a different type of herb. So that's... Clearwood. So, 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 Clearwood. so yeah. I, I don't know, but that's an interesting thing is like, they're trying to say, oh, it smells fresh, but also has like a musky, you know, like earthy smell. I don't know. <laughs> All I know <laughs> is that, okay, two things. One, when I saw this, I couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, yeah, we're talking about this. And then I was like, oh man, I might get fired for, for dunking on this. And then I was like, eh, well, I mean, it is what it is. But then we're plugging a Microsoft product. Well, I mean, well, he, yes. we, we, here, here's the best part, right? <laughs> like. Microsoft US, because obviously the reaction to this has been as one would expect, where when you have like an Axe body spray like collapse, right? It, it's you can't not laugh, right? Like there's no way you can talk about this without it being funny. And and I I was kind of half expecting like the Xbox US team to be like, oh, we're distancing ourselves from this. This is this is the Australian and New Zealand team. Like we have nothing to do with this. <laughs> and instead, when they were asked, they were like, is this going to come to the US? They're like, we sure hope so. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> you lean in. You lean in all the way. Well done, marketing team there. Because, yeah, I agree. Also, I got to say, I know that 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 Axe has done some questionable things, and, and I'm not here to defend that. But we both noticed on Twitter that, like— Yes, this is the best thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, uh, go no, ahead. So yeah. it, it's Pride now, and, and the, the, official yes. Axe, the official Axe Twitter account is, like— dragging people who are who are being homophobic uh which is kind of oh, awesome it's even better than that so boston is holding like i always love it when boston is in the news for the wrong reasons and boston yeah. is in the news because we're having a bunch of people got together and are holding a straight pride parade which one great twitter <sighs> no, user noted is just traffic um yeah but, <laughs> but they're they're holding yeah. a straight pride parade and then they tried to drag Axe body spray account into the straight pride parade like thing, asking them to sponsor them. And they're like, yeah, we're going to the parade that matters and this ain't it. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm kind of into Axe body spray. Yeah, now I was going to say, and, and yeah. then somebody else like disagreed and they're like, yeah, no, we're not messing with that. Like this is, and, and then somebody else was like, oh, well, would you send me some or whatever? They're like, Sure, give us your, your, you know, guy was kind of dragging them. We're like, yeah, we'll send you some free spray. Like, it, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, some, somebody who was also against the, the, the straight uh, pride parade. So, yeah, I'm kind of into it. I'm also, like I said, like, there's no way that this isn't funny. And I, I'm, I, I already told my uh, colleagues who live in um, the, uh, the New Zealand and Australia, I already told them I, I really want them to find me this body spray and send it to me. Unfortunately, I do not trust that they will do this. So listeners yeah. who are are in uh you know uh A and Z, I I implore you, please, I will pay for it. I will pay for shipping, I will do whatever. Please send me the Xbox links because it's just too funny not to have. 
Like yeah, I, I count me in on that too. I will pay whatever it takes. Yeah, uh, because that is amazing. Because yeah. this is amazing, and and it's yeah. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I could well, give it to all my male employees on my campaign. <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, can you think of anything you want to smell less like than like a gamer? I'm just. I mean, the whole thing is <laughs> well, just. That's the thing, Christina. So there, there. Okay, there are several messages we need to unpack here. And you're you're a journalist, like you're you're a master of words. You're the master of words. So like, it's the insinuation here. Like the first thing I take away, I'm like, well, Xbox is kind of saying all gamers are dudes because Axe body spray is for dudes. And then you get past that, you're going Axe body spray. Like, are they saying? Gamers smell bad. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, if you if yeah. you if you've ever been to a, to a you know Smash tournament, <laughs> um, I, I mean, look, I, I'm not say, obviously not all gamers smell obviously, but right. it's really it right. is interesting where like you go to these some of these tournaments where they will put in the emails they're like, be aware of your bo, like they have to like <laughs> say it out loud. You know what I mean? Like, be sure to shower yep. before you come to this thing. So obviously, the vast majority of of, of gamers and and of, of people out there, you know, uh, uh, take care of themselves with hygiene. But this is just so funny. This is so funny. Um, yeah. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Direct Mail, and Direct Mail is an easy to use email marketing app designed exclusively for the Mac. So we've been talking a ton about Apple uh, this week because it is WWDC week, and uh, Direct Mail is a Mac app that will help you create and send great looking email newsletters. So if you want to send all of your, you know, buy Christina a Mac Pro dot com email subscribers uh, a really good looking newsletter so that they will contribute to your Patreon and buy you a Mac Pro, you can use direct mail because email marketing is still an incredibly cost-effective way to reach your customers and grow your business. And for the last 15 years, Mac users around the world have trusted the direct mail app to handle all their email marketing needs. It is designed just for the Mac, which means that it is fast and easy to use, and it works great with the other apps and services you already use. And so with direct mail, you can quickly and easily compose high-quality emails that look great on mobile and desktop. You can grow your mailing list by creating an email sign-up form that you can add to your website or your Facebook page. And you can save time by integrating with over a thousand other apps and services on your Mac and the web. And there's much, much more. Plus, they also have real human live chat customer support available to answer all of your questions. And Direct Mail is the number one top-rated email marketing app for the Mac. It's got five-star reviews on the App Store, GitApp, and elsewhere, and it is trusted by small businesses, nonprofits, schools, and Fortune 500 companies alike. And so Direct Mail is free to download and to get started, and listeners of this podcast can save 10% off on all full-feature pricing plans. So head over to directmailmac.com slash rocket to check it out, and that is directmailmac.com slash rocket, and you will get 10% off when you opt for the full-feature plan. And uh, we would like to thank Direct Mail for their support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. I got to tell you, Christina, the direct mail tools we are forced to use in politics are terrible. They make your day so I was actually so thinking about you. I was like, I, oh, I, I know you wish oh, that you could use some of these these solutions. Like oh. they have different requirements and whatnot. But yeah, the the, the email world is is not great. There are so many companies in the space and so much of the software is bad. So having the opportunity to use good software, especially stuff that's like native design for the platform you'd like to use is okay. great. You're making me tear up here because <laughs> the stuff we use is so bad. We've had so many conversations with NGP and we're like, 
what do you mean we can't embed a video code? Like, what year is this? What's wrong with you? It's just ridiculous. And they're, they're like, so, no. All no, right. That's some some year 3000 stuff there. We can't do that. Amazing. I mean, and if I do start my, my you know, uh, Patreon-esque thing to buy a Mac Pro and I start a, a, a campaign newsletter around that, this is probably what I'll use. So you should do that. You I should. I should, that. I should. This is again. This is the only way I'm going to be able to afford a Mac Pro. So buy Christina Mac Pro. dot uh, <laughs> com or buy Christina. Uh, this a could Mac be a real thing by the end of Pro. the show, Christina. I, it really is. Like I'm probably. I'm. I'm trying to kind of make this a thing. All right, Bree. What are you doing this week? I'm buying a house. I was Woo! so nervous last week that it wasn't going to happen. I am not going to talk smack about the bank we used until the ink is signed. Yeah, and then good, good, talk good call on that. Do not do ink. that. There's I'm no reason to, to do that. Oh, God. It was a very bad experience. It was a very, very, very bad experience uh, working with uh, the the people I did. Uh, but all of that is solved at this point, and I sign uh, the, the final thing tomorrow uh, at 1130, and I'm going to have a house. Stay tuned for a ton of pictures. It is a utterly gorgeous house with a huge backyard. We're going to have huge campaign parties here constantly. And I, Christina, I even have a big two-car garage. So I'm going to literally turn it into like a, a shop to work on my classic Porsche. And I just can't wait for it. It's going to be amazing. I'm I'm so excited and I'm so jealous. And uh, as someone who has only dreamed of homeownership and, and doesn't think that will ever happen, I'm so excited for you. And also like party at Breeze, right? Like yeah, you're, you're going to invite yeah. me over. We're going to party. Like, oh, yeah. You can trash the whole house. It'll be fine. It's I love it. I love it. Are you, are you oh, going to have like oh, a whole VR other, room? Uh, we're thinking about it. Uh, I mean, they're going to make it a VR room or a workout room. So one or the other. Uh, I also wanted to mention, uh, you know, we, we talked about this very briefly on the show last week, but uh, Vox is having some real issues with getting uh, their union yes. recognized and having them follow through on what uh, they've all agreed to. Uh, Simone is not here tonight because she was uh, basically planning. Uh, there's going to be a big walkout at Vox tomorrow by the time you hear this show. Uh, I can't speak for Christina, but I assume both of us stand very I mean, strongly. I, I'm, st- I'm still an associate yeah. member of the Writers Guild of America East. Um, it, Great. I, I, I was a union rep when I was at Gizmodo. So, yes, I'm very firmly yeah. pro-union and 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 especially uh, when it comes to, to media stuff. Um, I'm pro-union, period. But, yeah, um, total support to to the, the Vox Media um, uh, workers and Simone, who's and walking Simone, out absolutely uh, yeah. good for yeah. them. I'm really glad they they you know um, their their CEO is is not wanted to recognize um, parts of the contract they want. They've been working on this for a really long time. Um, I know what it's like to have to deal with management to get you know contracts um, accepted, and and we were fortunate that management was relatively minimal, and that the people who bought us were did not have to renegotiate, but. Um, yeah, uh, solidarity and, uh, uh, yeah, we, we support them, uh, Brie and I both do. So something I am so impressed with by Simone is she doesn't, <clears throat> you know, Simone is very careful in her public presence to stay relatively distant from politics, but here, like she's right there and mm-hmm. she's putting it all on the line to be there with her coworkers that I know have been working on this. And I just, I could not respect her more so we we won't be physically with her but emotionally yes absolutely absolutely uh viva la union 
Um, so uh, thank you, Simone, and all your your coworkers for doing what you do, and and uh, we we support you. Um, so you bought a house. I am I'm doing work. I've got some work stuff going on. It's getting to that weird period of time where I'm not traveling right now for a few weeks, and I'm able to actually get some of my actual work done. I'm doing some video stuff, planning some other things. And then our fiscal year officially starts in July 1st. So it's one of those things where like, you know, you're trying to clean up like end of year, you know, kind of stuff. And then everybody goes on vacation. Like everybody just takes the summer off. So um, I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to be taking some time off uh, because... Yeah, I definitely want you've that. Earned some time I off. I think so. If any human, I mean, how would they even work for you? Would you go somewhere? Like, would you just sit on the couch and smell like gamer? I mean, which would it be? I mean, fair. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 again, if you have <laughs> access to the Xbox by Links body wash stuff, please, please, please send it to me. I will pay whatever it costs <laughs> to ship it from Australia to the United States. It's so good. This is the funniest thing in the entire world. Like, I love it. Like, this is the sort of kitsch stuff that I live for. But yeah, it, totally. Um, it, it's how I will spend my summer vacation is smelling like... <laughs> no, I'm serious. Are you going to go somewhere or are you just going to chill don't know. at home? Um, yeah. I, I would like to go somewhere. I mean, at this point, I have like... 400 and something thousand <laughs> Delta miles and I have like 300 and something thousand Marriott points. So yeah. I could do a pretty decent vacation, but I don't know. I might just, I, I might just go to New York for a week. I might uh, go to a couple other places. I might go to Portland and visit a friend there. I don't know. Well, I fully support that. And um, I, I, I just want to say you have busted your butt going all around the world on this. I flew to San Francisco for a conference last week. And I came back here. I was just like, yeah, I'm burned out for a day. And like you're going worldwide and just rocking it. So I think that's well, oh, awesome. Thank you. And obviously you are the, the hardest working one uh, on our show running for office and, and dealing with all that stuff and buying a house and so proud of you. And thank, um, you. thank you, everybody who has tuned in to listen to our show. If you like this podcast, go ahead and give this a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. And um, also, uh, you know, um, uh, give us a review, too, if, if you want to say nice things. Um, by Christina, a Mac.pro does not exist yet, but it might by the time this show goes up. Um, and uh, <laughs> if uh, and uh, but, but uh, let us uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, 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 Bree, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at uh, Brianna Wu on the Twitter machine. Uh, our Facebook uh, is developer Brianna Wu. And I just say, um, I, I just really want to thank my digital team this time around. Uh, Elizabeth Spears, do you know her, Christina? The name is really familiar, yes. She she was one of the founders oh, of yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, Gizmodo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gawker. Yeah, she was yeah. the original Gawker editor. Yeah, Elizabeth Gaw- is great. Gawker, yeah. rather. Yeah, she's amazing. She's working on our digital team and is just putting out some of the the smartest policy stuff you can imagine. Uh, so I'm really I'm amazingly proud of our Facebook page this time around. Uh, and you can find that developer, Brianna Wu. Amazing. You can find me at film underscore girl on the uh, Twitter and the Instagram. And you can find Simone at Doom Quasar on uh, Twitter and Instagram, where she will post amazing selfies all the time that make me jealous because Simone is cooler than Brie and I. She says, "Yeah, um, it's a I fact. mean, I, like uh, that's no shade at you, Brie. That's just I'm just you know speaking uh, truth. It's, it's fact. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you to um, Squarespace, Hover, and Direct Mail for Mac for sponsoring this episode. This episode of Rocket is terminated." 
terminated. Terminated. Woo! Woo!